0: We know that honesty is the best policy, but how can honesty become your very best marketing tool? Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. And now, on to our show. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show, and in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top 1% producer, Vicki Barron. Before we get to Vicki, just a couple of quick reminders. First, thank you for continuing to support our show. If you want to help us grow, the best ways you can do that is first by telling a friend. Think of one other realtor that could benefit from hearing these episodes, and send them a link over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever produced can be streamed right from a browser, no podcast app required. And of course, we're also on all the podcast apps, so feel, feel free to subscribe if you haven't done that already. And also, please support our amazing sponsors, they are the reason we can keep paying the bills and keep the staff happy and keep everything running. So please check out their products and services, consider investing in them. I promise the products and services that are talked about on the show will help take your business to the next level. Okay, let's get to the main event, my conversation with Vicki Barron. Today on the show, we have Vicki Barron with Compass in New York City. Let me tell you more about Vicky. Now, when Vicki Barron talks, the real estate world listens. She has earned the respect and admiration of her fellow brokers, along with an impressive base of buyers and sellers. Uh, Vicki has been featured in leading trade press articles and network TV shows, including Wall Street Journal, The Real Deal. New York Times, HGTV, Selling New York. She's also played a key role in the dramatic growth of the new development market in New York City by commanding and achieving record-breaking sales prices. Some marvel at how she is able to get it all done. Her answer is, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. I could not agree more. And by the way, Vicki's super humble. She's also been one of the top agents in New York City by volume. Probably she is already as well. She's been doing that before. Also in the country, she's been one of the top agents. She is a very, very big deal. And we are so honored to have uh, Vicki on the show. Vicki, welcome.
1: Thank you. And thank you for having me. And that's a very nice introduction. And um, I just truly believe that if we all come together and just share um, I I tend to get involved a lot in our local board and and helping agents some of them are new some have been around for a long time but kind of stumbling trying to figure out what to do and how to pivot so anytime I'm invited to where we can have a candid conversation because it's not an easy business but it can be a fun business if you don't take yourself so seriously and you just keep your eye on the ball and, and remember that whatever you do, it's all gonna be fine. Um, I just think there are too many people that end up with too much stress because yeah. ego gets in the way and a lot of pressure and I think that slows them down. So if I can do anything today is we'll have a conversation and share Kind of how not to get into that trap, and stay authentic and just have fun. And there's a I'm a believer of abundance. So there's enough business to go around, you just have to figure out what part of that business makes sense for you
0: well said and i also want to just peel back the curtain for our listeners for a moment when i was chatting with vicky just before we 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 started um the very first thing she said which which was just really indicative of your character and 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 your motivation you were like i um i just want to provide value to your audience and maybe help them i i enjoy helping other realtors learn uh, to do better and obviously you just set a version of that right now and um it is not always the case that when I have these types of interviews that I that I that people are as willing to to be helpful. so um I think that is probably not a coincidence why you're so successful um this act of like givers get kind of uh, kind of um uh philosophy so um and we should also mention too that Vicky is in the process of writing a book and it's not out yet but, I would encourage all of our listeners to make sure that when Vicky's book does come out, we will be promoting it on our show. We'll be promoting it on our Facebook group. Um, and we will also, anyone that's interested can reach out to Vicki uh, and I'm sure she can put you on a list or, or at least make you aware when the book is available because she is she is uh, somebody who uh instructs agents and so this this should be a very very e- interesting and exciting book. Um so we're happy to promote that once that happens. But Vicki, I'd like to start all the way at the back at the beginning to hear about how you got into real estate and and why.
1: Well, when I was 20 21 years old, I was not in real estate, but I did Buy a very, very small piece of real estate in Southern California because I realized, you know, why, why rent if you could buy? And to this day, I'm kind of confused why Bank of America gave me a mortgage, but they fortunately did. So I was able to put down a little down payment and, and, and got started. And I, I bought it and I fixed it up. Lived there for 10 months, sold it, made a decent profit. I think I paid 59000 and sold it for 79000 So I'm um, like, oh, that's a nice that return
0: for 10 months. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> and then I bought another one and I, I kind of kept doing that. And people in California say, you should get into real estate. You know, I, I just love looking at a property and seeing the potential. So I moved a lot because this is kind of my hobby, so to speak. But I never really got into real estate. I worked in healthcare until I moved to New York City 22 years ago. And I thought I was coming to New York for two years, and I wanted to get to know the city. And I thought, wait a minute, if I'm going to be in New York for two years, what better way to get to know the city than to get a real estate license and literally get to know the city. So I went and interviewed. My resume was not so impressive because no one wanted to hire me. And my favorite is a very large firm. The manager said to me, we don't have a desk. Call us back in a year. And I said, wow, that's so exciting that you don't have a desk. You must be doing really well. And I'm thrilled to hear that. I have one question for you. She said, what's that? I said, it's very important for me to really find the right match, the right house, if you will. So if you would be so kind to give me 10 minutes out of your day, just to have an eye to eye, sit down, quick chat, because if it's the right fit, I'm willing to wait. And if it's not, then I'll accept a a desk somewhere else. Does that make sense to you? She said, yes. She invited me in. And when I sat in front of her, I seriously had a lot of questions because I had no idea. I didn't know my way around New York. I didn't have friends in New York. I didn't have, I mean, I used to come to New York. I worked in healthcare. So I would come for a lot of medical conferences, but I didn't know anyone in New York. So I didn't understand the lay of the land period or real estate. So I said to her, like, I I have a question. You said you don't have a desk, but as I look around, I see a lot of empty desks. So where are these agents? Are they outselling? Are they sleeping in? Are they, well, like, can you help me understand how it works? And I must have had 20 different questions for her because I was really curious about how it all worked. And then I asked her, describe to me the top five agents in this office. Who are they? What makes them tick? How do they function? And she answered it. And then I said, now talk to me about the five agents that you're contemplating getting rid of that a desk may open up that someday I'll get to have, tell me about them. And she just started laughing. She said, you are hilarious. Like you, you," first of all, she asked me if I had a resume. I said, I don't have a resume. You don't have a desk. I thought we're doing an eyeball Ah. thing. I didn't, I I wasn't coming in for an interview because you didn't have a desk. I just wanted to meet you and say hello. So anyway, she offered me the position and I got started and in that interview, I felt kind of bad, like I tricked her because she offered me a desk after she said she didn't have one. So I said, I should probably disclose that I do not have any connections in New York, never sold real estate. I don't, Aunt Harriet on Park Avenue is not going to call me to sell her seven room. She said, Well, how are you going to get business? And I said, That is a very good question. And honestly, I wish I had a good answer for you, but I don't. But what I can tell you is I do understand people and I understand business and I, I'm confident I'll figure something out. So fortunately, that really stupid answer still got me a desk because it didn't sound very smart. Like I'm over here well, saying I have no idea.
0: Oh. I want to jump in for a sec. I actually do think it's incredibly smart for for one particular reason is it was was honest. And I think this is an industry, especially around the recruiting realtors or interviewing part where uh, honesty doesn't always flow both ways. And it it doesn't even flow one way sometimes. Um, And I think I, I recruit realtors. And so I was just trying to put myself in uh, the position of of the woman that you, you were referencing, and I was thinking I would love to have somebody come in with those with those kind of questions. I would love it if people were asking and, and that and being that honest, going, I, yeah, I don't have. And here's what I don't have, but I'm confident that I can get it figured out. Um, so I actually think those were amazing. I mean, clearly they they were good answers in the sense that you know they they wanted you on the team. But um, yeah, I, I I know you were sort of joking by saying they're stupid answers, but I just I think those were great answers personally.
1: Well, thank you. But you know what you just touched on that's very important is what I'm about to share with you next was truly the um, cracking the code, if you will, because so one would ask, all right, so you got your desk, then what? Well, I was in a training class and I was sent home to do homework by calling three for sale by owners. And I procrastinated. I had an 11-year-old at the time, and I was 9 o'clock at night. I went, oh, my word, I forgot to do my homework. And I can't go in the class and lie and say I did it if I didn't, and it'll look disrespectful if I don't do it. So I had to quickly hop on a phone, and I got machines, answer machines. And it was a woman that said, this is John and Mary. We're not home right now. If you're calling about the apartment, no brokers. Beep. (laughs) Beep. So I just instinctively, I just wanted to get through my homework. I, I wasn't trying to sell her apartment. I, I was like two hours in the business. So I said to her, Mary, hi, it's, it's me, Vicky. And here, here's the, the truth. I heard the part about no brokers and I am an agent, but don't hang up. Because the truth is, I just simply have a quick answer. I mean, a quick question for you. And if you would be kind enough to call me back tomorrow before, preferably before two o'clock. I promise it'll be painless. Here's my number. Look forward to the call. So then I went through and did my other two calls. And when I got in the class, they called upon me. How'd it go? I told them what happened. The whole class laughed. They said, you're from California. This is New York. They're going to eat you alive. You don't leave a message. She's never calling you back. And I kind of sunk in my seat. And I thought, why is she not calling back? I was really kind on the phone. I think she'll call me back. So it was so long ago, we, we really didn't even have cell phones then. So I went back to my desk at lunchtime, and the little red light was on. And sure enough, it was Mary. And when I called her back, she wasn't so kind. She said, "You had a you have a question. What is it? Well, I didn't kind of think it through. So I wasn't sure what my question was. So- <laughs> had to quickly I had to quickly come up with a question so I just started asking her questions about her apartment and I realized instantly she loved talking about her apartment like she just lit up like this sure. lady uh, went from mean to nice in, in a flat second so then when she went on here comes to your point of the honesty she said to me I suppose you're going to tell me now you have a buyer for my apartment. And I said, Mary, honestly, with the windowed kitchen, the South views, the granite, the sub zero, I honestly wish I could tell you I have a buyer for your apartment. But the honest truth is I I'm thinking I don't even have a business card lady, I'm more or less a buyer. But I said, I don't I do not have a buyer for your apartment today but Mary doesn't mean I won't have one tomorrow, but I have to ask you one more question. She said, what is it? I said, you have been so generous with your time and so kind with your description of the apartment. First of all, I'm confused that it's not sold, but that's another story. I have one other question. Do you mind if I just poke my head in? I just want to see that kitchen with the window and that Southern view. I promise I won't bother you i just want to quickly look at it that way if i come across a buyer at least i can say i've seen it she said okay sure come by at 4:30." and when i went by all i had was a tablet and a pen i mean again i was now maybe eight hours in the business so i walked through her apartment and i just had an honest conversation and i didn't try to sell her i in fact i encouraged her i'm like you were going to sell this when's your next open house how'd you get your pricing And do you mind if I give you a few tips? And I took notes about the apartment. And then I gave her a few tips, open your blinds, pick up that pile of stuff. And you, Mary, you were going to have this sold next week. I got to go. And she called me within two weeks and she woke up and said, I have, I don't want to be a realtor and I want to hire someone. And you were so kind and so honest that my husband and I would like to meet with you. So that's how it started. It was, I got started through the for sale by owners and then one would refer another, refer another. And then I just kept calling FISBOs and that's how I started.
0: It's it's really an incredible story for for a lot of different reasons. But again, that authentic honesty, all radical honesty, maybe we'll call it, um, although I just think honesty would suffice. I know there's a new term radical honesty where I think well, what does regular honesty mean if not if not uh fully honest. But but that's a perfect example of telling the truth and really appealing to somebody from a non-sales perspective, which I think not a, uh, the vast majority of of people, myself included, do not like to be sold. Um, I like to be explained. I like information. Um, I, I like to also make my own decisions and I don't like to feel pressure. Now there is a certain subset of the population that likes to be persuaded um, and that's fine, but I don't think that's the majority of people. So I, I actually think that is a, a great approach for all, all of our listeners to consider. And clearly it worked for you. Um and so, so from there, you, 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 you know, you got your license, you, you started finding clients and, uh, and then, you know, you continued to grow and you didn't just grow, uh, in a small way. You grew in a very, very, uh, very, very big way. Um, so why do you think it was that, that you got to be one of, one of the very top producing agents in New York city when there's thousands upon thousands? Um, what do you think it is that maybe you did differently than, than the other, uh, brokers or agents that you knew?
1: Well, I think when I really think about it, which I have putting this book together, you know, it, it, it's the best therapy ever because you, you take the time to reflect and try to, you know, look at where you were, where you're at and where you're going. And when I really think about it, I think for me, it was almost a breath of fresh air because the, 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 People responded well to just someone that saw them and cared about them. And I was curious about so much that, um, I mean, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. So there was no ego because how can you have an ego when I truly didn't know? When I think back on, it, I'm like, how did I even do? And I, I say this not not to brag, only to encourage anybody. Cause I swear to you, if I can do it, anybody can do it. So I think I did like 20 deals in my first nine or 10 months.
0: That's and, incredible.
1: And it was, you know, they were all lower price because most for sale by owners are not, you know, $5 million. So they were all, you know, I think when I got started, they were three, four, five hundred thousand $500,000 and, I just kept going and going and I worked really hard, but I loved every moment of it because each opportunity, I believed in my heart that they would be better off. And I do believe this for for sale by owners. They think it's better to sell on their own. And I really believe they will make more money if they identify the right agent to partner with because that agent if they do what I know they're capable of doing, when it's time to close, whatever that commission check is, will be less if you get the right agent to partner with you. I really do believe that. I don't think they make more money trying to sell on their own. So I believe that, and um, I think they just learned to trust in me and that's, I started get 96% of my business is all referrals. So I am not the agent doing, I don't do postcard mailers. I don't do, I, I sometimes I think I'm a little lazy because maybe I should be doing that, but I don't, there are only so many hours in the day. And I feel that if I take the time to really care about someone and take care of them and go the extra mile, then they will tell their friends and their neighbors and, and then the phone will ring, and then I can take care of that next person. So that's been my model, although I do have colleagues that are very successful on the marketing campaign that do mass mailers. So I applaud them, and um, everyone has to find the lane that makes sense for them.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I was thinking while you were saying that about demonstrating care, I, I always think that's maybe maybe the most one of the most important parts of the job is demonstrating uh empathy and and also managing not managing your clients' uh, fears or, or anxieties, but but understanding them and and being able to counsel them through large financial decisions, buying, selling, maybe the largest financial decision they've they've ever made, certainly one that comes with with a lot of uh, a lot of unfortunate stress, even in the best possible. uh, types of transactions. It's still stressful. And, and I'm, I'm curious because you are such a student of, of human nature and, and just people, um, how you went about on trying to make sure your clients were as comfortable as possible throughout the process. Because of course there are ups and downs in most transactions, if not all. Um, and there are going to be times when, when the, the clients, you know, uh, dealing with some, some undue stress or, or just freaking out. Um, but how do, you, how do you do that? Because I suspect you do that better than a lot of other agents.
1: Well, first of all, that's a great question because the truth is, and I say this many times agents, you can have seller A is a banker, seller B is an artist, and seller C is a widow that never had a day job. If your conversation is exactly the same with all three of them, you may get lucky and hit one, but right. you have to in an authentic way. And I tell people this when I'm on park Avenue selling a, a, a $12 million listing, or I'm in the village selling a really cool fifth floor walk up. I'm still Vicki present at both of them, but one may be an artist. One may be a banker my choice you know the power of words is one of the classes i love teaching that you have to know how to communicate with someone and what their needs are and how they're going to hear you and it's always good to ask people how do you like to be communicated with what is your and here's another thing talk about honesty there was a, a, a pretty big listing and the woman said to me vicky i have i shouldn't be admitting this but it's the truth she said vicky um I've noticed that the other two agents were interviewing when I email them, they respond like that. And when I email you, you take a really long time to get back to me. And I said to her, Oh, Nancy, you know what? It's honestly the truth, what you're saying. And I would love to tell you right now, like if you hire me, that that's going to change, but it may not change. So (laughs) she, she looked shocked. And I said, but can I explain why? And she said, why? And I said, you know, I've been in your living room for 45 minutes. I haven't looked at my phone once. I said, so when I'm with you, you have me a hundred percent. And when I'm with a buyer, they have me 100%. When I'm showing someone through your apartment, I'm not looking at my Instagram. I'm not looking at my email. I'm looking at them. I'm listening to them. I'm answering their questions and they have me. So unfortunately, some people, maybe I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. I'm not good at that. I, I, I just can't do it. It's not my forte. But if you ever need me, I have someone at the office you can call. They know how to get a hold of me but please know that I'm here and I care, but I'm not gonna win the contest of getting back so quickly on that email. And she hired me, but it was the truth. It was just, you know, and another one to talk about truth. I was on a townhouse listing and this is actually funny. The woman said to me, you know, Vicki, I really, really in my heart, I'd like to hire you, but I think I'm gonna hire this other agent And I said, "Oh, okay. Well, if if you feel that that's a right fit for you, then I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that they will do a great job." She said, "Because the other agent specializes in townhouses, and I and she pointed out to me that on your website, you have things for sale for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars." like studios and stuff like that. And she only has really expensive townhouses uh-huh. and that's what <laughs> she specializes in. Wow! And she's a vice president and you're, whatever I was at the time, uh, what are you? A, a, a,
0: Associate or whatever, yeah.
1: And I said, oh, I am so, you know what, you just made my day. She said, I did? I said, yes, I feel so good right now, you have no idea. She said, why? I said, because I said to myself, when I entered the business, I never want to become that person that feels that they're so important that they they forget about everyone because everyone yeah. needs a place to live. And I want to be able, if you call me and your niece wants that fifth floor studio apartment, I want to be able to take care of them. So I hope 20 years from now, you'll see a low-end apartment for sale, which today, if you get on mine, I'm sure I have one right now. So I said, it just means a lot to me, but thank you so much for sharing that. Well, then I went back to my office and I told my manager what happened. and He said, Vicki, you're a senior vice president. I said, I am. He said, (laughs) "Yes, your numbers, you don't have that on your website. I said, what does it even mean? I don't understand. What are these titles? And he said, no, you're a senior vice president. So I called the woman back and I said, listen, I just want to tell you, I not only do I appreciate your comment about the lower end apartment on my listing, but then that whole senior, apparently I'm a senior vice president. So I didn't even know that because titles are not really that important to me, but apparently they are to some people. And thank you so much for bringing. So she called me and hired me
0: hilarious that is and and i think there's there's sort of two two lessons to learn here which is number one um to have an answer ready that's an authentic well to have an answer ready if somebody were to say something like that like oh this other agent you know thought maybe they'd be a better fit because they thought you specialized in this and we really have that and maybe you're not um and and your your answer was was beautiful and also honest and i think again that that sort of ego less uh, approach and that full honest approach really resonates with people who don't want to be sold. And, and also, you know, like, it's funny, my, my title is president of sales and marketing and, and people go, Ooh, that sounds impressive. I'm like, I made that up. Like (laughs) it's, it's not a real thing. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I guess if you say it long enough, people think it's something, but but uh but it's it's it is it is true like every lender is a vice president every loan officer i know is a vice president uh, and so yeah but but it's it's a really good point and i think it's also a, a, the lesson of playing nice in the sandbox this idea of of putting other firms down or other agents down whether it's you know subtly like maybe this person did um which was which you know really rubs me the wrong way when people people do that no. um but there are people out there who will, and and so I uh, I appreciate that, and I'm sure you know you teach agents to to be their authentic selves, and and to not, and, and like you said, there is no competition. Uh, every, there's enough business for everyone. There's there's the right fit for for anyone, uh, and and I'm curious on, um, you know, what you've what you've seen new agents do because you had pretty immediate success with no sphere of influence. <laughs> no understanding of of the New York market limited understanding of real estate you know you did your own buys and sells which is amazing and that is that is legitimate experience of course but does it necessarily translate to helping other homeowners um, as easily uh, as oh look at my resume of all these beautiful homes I've I've listed and sold um but I'm curious on on what you tell agents who are entering the business who you know really want to have, you know, quicker success. Um, Are there any tips or advice that you might give them?
1: Yes. Here's, I I feel very strong about this. I see a lot of agents that have analysis paralysis, you know, they, they, they look great. They come in the office, they sit there, but they, they don't move. Like, what are you doing? I walk by what are you doing? They're thinking and they're paralyzed of not making a move because they're afraid they're going to do something wrong, not do it right. And they also go after the other thing I see here are things that I see that I wish I could say, just stop that one. They don't shoot for the moon. Like why are you been in the business a month and you're going after 10, $15 million listings? Like you're why just go sell 10 in a price point that you probably all have a better chance getting because those 10, 15 million are going to have agents with a resume, an arm or a, a street long. So why would you put that pressure on yourself? Number one, number two, no, get to know property, go look at every property. So when I was relatively new, the manager that didn't have a desk that hired me, asked me to give a tour. She said, Vicki, we have a van. We're going to go out and look at like 10 properties. And I just think you would be really good at giving the tour. So I have a problem saying no. Like I had zero. What, what I don't know. Why is she asking me? But I just said yes. So on the tour, we were going. I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to go to 103 um, East 73rd Street. And it was built in 1929. And you're going to see that you know, 40% of the apartments have double height ceiling. And what I love the most is the, the bay windows and what and the doorman's amazing and the tile in the lobby is gorgeous. After that, we're gonna have the opportunity to see blah, 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 that was built 1960. And people said, what firm did you work for before you worked here? I said, I didn't work at any firm. They said, how do you know that? I said, because I would walk up and down the streets and I'd look at the buildings, I'd talk to the doorman, then I'd go back and I'd ask, how many apartments are in there? When was it built? So I tell agents start, if you're gonna get one listing, let's say it's a one bedroom pre-war apartment. You should know, every, the, the, if a buyer is out there today looking for the one bedroom, if there are 10 available, you should go visit every one of them And and today, if you can't physically get in, at least get online and study your competition, study those apartments. So you should know them inside and out. So I was actually successful at converting, um, when I'd have a listing, buyers would come in and they'd be without an agent. And I'd watch them walk around and I'd ask them questions. I'd say, talk to me, I have a question for you. How long you've been looking? it been two months six months are you ready to jump or where are you at oh no we just started well how many apartments have you seen today three interesting have you seen the one on 79th street they said yes they said don't you love that view out of the back was that not special love that and the herringbone floors love that so then what else have you seen no we went and saw this other one what did you like about it? Well, we like this. What did you hate about it? I like, th- you have a conversation and they know that you know the lay of the land. But I have agents that when you go to show an apartment, they don't even know the, the building and the they're selling an apartment, but they don't even know the answers to simple questions. So you have to do your homework and you have to be interested in enough to know you have to be knowledgeable.
0: I have a, I have a, yes, I have a question, um, with respect to showing a property to a buyer. Um, and I know this isn't always going to be the case where you as the buyer's agent, um, will, uh, be able to see the property ahead of time, but how often do you say, Hey, I'm bringing a buyer here tomorrow. I want to get a a lay of the land. I want to come in and see the property. So that when I, my buyer does show up, I have a better understanding of, of what is the, is that a, I don't know how common that practice is okay. for, for, go ahead.
1: I'm going to another, you ask really good questions. <laughs> because well, thank you. I, okay. I told you, I didn't know my way around New York. I had a buyer came into a place I had listed And he, this had never happened and it's never happened since, but he asked me to go to his office. He wanted to interview me. Now, normally you get interviewed for, if you're going to be the listing agent, not to work with the buyer, but he wanted to interview me because he wanted to find the right agent to help he and his wife buy an apartment. So I'm sitting in midtown. And he said, you know, my wife and I are kind of thinking about Tribeca. Now I was maybe four months in the business I, Tribeca, I heard of it, but I never sold in Tribeca. Wasn't Is there
0: really, was there a film festival there?
1: That... <laughs> he, he said, um, I'd like to go out next week and look at places in Tribeca. Are you, for, are, have you, what did he say? Are you familiar? Or have you sold in Tribeca? You don't need to lie, but there's a way to answer a question with confidence. I said, oh, love that idea of Tribeca love that idea of Tribeca. I didn't say I had sold in Tribeca. I didn't know, say I knew where Tribeca was. I said, I love the idea of Tribeca and let's plan on Saturday. So what I did is I did the search. I went out early the day before, went to as many of them that I could. And then what I did is I hired a driver Because in Tribeca, it's not like Midtown where it's all numbers. Like I thought, I'm going to look foolish when I walk out of one building and not know if I should turn left or right. So, good
0: point. Yeah, it's a great point.
1: And then if he starts asking me questions about where the local grocery store is, I don't know. I don't, this is my first time there. So I hired a driver that knew Tribeca like the back of his hand. And I said to him, Here's the drill. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to have a buyer in here. And he or his wife may ask questions about Tribeca. And when those questions come up, I'm you gonna answer. Be, <laughs> and you're going to be answering them. Get it? He's like, good. I gave him a high five. I'm like, we're going to have fun. So when we got in the car, and we went to the first listing. I said, now the first listing, I love the lobby. You're going to love the mosaic floor. And I, I introduced myself to the doorman the day before. So when he saw me, it was like a familiar face. So when we walked in, showed the apartment, you just do your homework and spend the time without being, you, you have to be honest, but you, it's okay. If you're new, they're not asking. No one asked me how long have you been in the business ever? Well, no, that's not true. Actually. Someone asked me when I got a listing, why would I give $2 million to someone that's been in the business for 14 days? Did ask me that.
0: And That's, I said, yeah, which, three, which I think is a, a reasonable question.
1: Yeah. I said, for three very good reasons. He said, <laughs> he said, why? I said, well, number one, I I'm un, you're under a good umbrella, meaning the firm. We, we have all the tools in the toolbox that you need. Number two, I am willing because I knew he was insecure about me so I said I am willing to bring on the number 3 agent in my office for you as insurance and number 3 I will be holding that umbrella and I simply bring magic and he said you didn't even blink and I leaned forward and I said nor did you and ah. he laughed and he he gave me the listing so Sometimes you just have to have confidence. And if he doesn't hire me, I'm not going to die. Like nothing bad happens. And when other agents listings, why can't you celebrate them? Like send them a a note and say, I'm so happy for you that you got that listing. You're going to knock it out of the ballpark.
0: I want to pause for a moment to talk about our episode sponsor, our one of my favorite companies out there, Follow Up Boss. Now, after interviewing hundreds of top realtors in the country for this podcast, do you know which CRM is used by more than any other by our guests? Of course, it is Follow Up Boss. And let's face it, following up is the key to taking your business to the next level. Follow up boss will help you drive more leads in less time and with less effort. Do not take my word for it. Robert Slack, who runs the number one team in the US, uses Follow Up Boss and he has built a $1.5 billion business in just six years. Follow Up Boss integrates with over 250 systems so you can keep your current tools and lead sources. Also, the best part, they have seven day a week support so you'll get the help that you need when you need it. And get this, Follow Up Boss is so sure that you're going to love their CRM that for a limited time, they're offering Keeping It Real listeners a 30 day free trial, which is twice as much time as they give everyone else. And oh, yeah no credit card required so you can try it risk-free but only if you use this special link visit followupboss.com forward slash real that's followupboss.com forward slash real for your free 30-day trial follow up like a boss with follow up boss and now back to our episode yeah um I, yes, boy, I'm. I'm just reeling from that. I was thinking if you wrote that scene into a script in Hollywood, they'd write back, especially with the "neither did you blink" uh, uh, thing. They'd go, "Well, that's not realistic. So we're not gonna. It's it's too dramatic." But that's. But 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 it is. It, it is. Uh, that's what happened. And yeah. and I I th- wanted to ask you because, um, the, a lot of times agents I think get caught in that. Um, uh, you know, they don't know how to respond to a question like that. Do you rehearse in your mind answers to objections? I don't even want to call them objections. Questions. Never. We'll just call them questions. Never. No. Never.
1: Never. In fact, an agent had invited me on a pitch, which I was confused about also because I wasn't sure. I didn't know what I was doing. But she said, I think you should come with me. I'm trying to get this listing. I think you will help. I said, That's so kind of you. Great tomorrow we'll go. So tomorrow came, we get in the elevator and she was really nervous. Like I could tell she was really nervous. So she said to me, are, are you nervous? And I said, no, but w- why do you ask? She said, well, I always get nervous before I go on a pitch. And she said, did you rehearse? Mm. So then I said, rehearse what? She said, well, did you rehearse your pitch? Well, I didn't know that's a thing, like rehearse a pitch. So I said to her, well, no, rehearse a pitch. So then she looked even more nervous, like here she invited me on and I didn't rehearse. (laughs) my pitch. So I said, I, I was serious. I said, you rehearsed a pitch? She said, yeah. I said, how could you possibly do that? She said, how could you not? I said, well how do I know what I'm going to say if I don't know who's behind the door? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. I said, I mean, I look at comps, but I don't rehearse like what I'm going to say because I don't know when she opens the door, how do I know how to, I, so then I got nervous because I thought if this is what I'm going to have to do, like to be in the business, I'm not sure. Like I cannot memorize a script or I would, it would be horrible. So anyway, when we went in, the woman opened the door and she had a storyboard from the Micronesia Island, which I had worked for many years and I was familiar with it. So it was unbelievable. Like the door opened up. I'm like, oh my gosh, is that from the Micronesia Island? She like, said,
0: yes. I know what that is. Yeah.
1: Storyboard. So it started a conversation and then there was a book on the shelf that I we started talking about that. And then we left. The woman said, you you never really did a pitch. And I said, well, I asked, her, I asked her a lot of questions. Like, why are you selling? What's important to you? Talk to me. Have you gone through the process before? And she just felt comfortable and she hired us, but I didn't do it. No, I don't rehearse.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really interesting. So you, you, when you go in and meet someone for the first time, um, you're just looking to get a better sense of who they are, maybe by scanning kind of the room, scanning who they are, paying attention to what they say, uh, how they talk about, um, and then just asking a ton of questions. And, And it is, it really is. I think the biggest compliment you can give someone by is by asking them about themselves. Not everyone. Now, some people are more mm-hmm. closed and aren't are, are want to just do business and, and that's fine. But I think the vast majority of us, especially this time, as we're now... F- sort of being able to get back together in person over the last year, I think people are hungry for, for, you know, interaction. And we, um, I don't think we ask each other as much about our lives anymore because social media has sort of taken that part of it away where we now, if I want to know if my friend's been on a vacation, I don't have to ask him. I can just look on Instagram or Facebook, assuming that they posted. And I think that it's taken away some of that the, some of the um inquisitiveness that that we used to have about each other um I, and I think that that's that that's a, a really an important skill to to cultivate if you're an agent is you know really being curious about who that person is how they how they tick what's what's you know important to them and 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 it seems like that's something that you really uh sort of plant your flag firmly in the ground of is like I want to get to know you um and that seems to to be very effective for you
1: and also, I think when agents go in to do a presentation, I think it's so unfortunate that they spend the majority of their time doing an infomercial. They spend the majority of their time wanting to talk about how great they are and what their numbers are and why they're the best and why they need to hire them. And instead of taking that precious time to really understand who this person is and what their needs are and, And are you the right fit for them? Because sometimes we're not like there's sometimes like they, they shouldn't hire me. Like it is not the right fit. And why not just say that, you know, how powerful that is. If you say to someone, you know what, I, I've heard you today and it's, and then repeat, this is what, and I have to tell you as much as I'd like to do this, I'm not sure if I were in your shoes, I'd hire me. I actually, I have someone in mind. I'm going to have you, you should call them. They're like blown away by it. like, yeah. what is that? But I think I'm not going to have fun on this assignment. We don't connect. I don't like your apartment and I don't understand it. And why did you buy it in the first place is what I'm thinking, but they have to sell it. But I don't want to be the one selling it because it's, it's, there's someone else that could sell it. That might be a better fit.
0: I, I I almost wonder if you've ever turned down an uh, a listing or or a buyer and had them so because again I, I I think back to the times where I've worked with salespeople or service people who are vying for for business um, and the number of times somebody has said I'm not the right fit for you but I know someone else uh, mm-hmm. is I one maybe one time in my life but probably zero I can't think of any instance but it is it is such an important, again, it goes back to this honesty uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, what, what am I, Sorry. My question was going to be, I wonder if you've ever turned someone down who has then gone on to refer business to you, even though you didn't necessarily help them. I, if that hasn't happened, I'm sure it will happen at some point.
1: Yes. And you know what else happened that I, I think could be helpful for any listeners is there was a, a for sale by owner, not willing to pay a fee at all. He was not going to pay $1, but, My neighbor wanted to see the apartment. So I said to him, do you mind? Can my neighbor come tonight at seven o'clock after work to see your apartment? He said, do you understand? Let me repeat this again. You are not going to get paid $1. I am not paying any commission to any agent. I said, I have heard you loud and clear. Do you mind if I just bring her in at seven o'clock? He said, why would you do this? And I said, well, number one, she's asked to see it number two, she wants my opinion. And number three, if she buys it, you will never forget me.
0: Yeah, good point.
1: And he so I went in and met them. And my neighbor called me she worked at McGraw Hill. And she said, she she was like 45 minutes late. And I called her and she said, I'm so sorry, I had a client come in, I'm not gonna be able to make it. Well, you know what that for sale. Sure.
0: By sure. I know I what see, you're doing. I see what you're doing. Oh yeah, that my kind of God,
1: I was mortified, mortified. <laughs> so I made her get on the phone with him. I'm like, okay, you need to talk to him right now because he's going to think I made you up. Uh, yeah. So, so they talked. So then he, he left a message on my phone that night at midnight. And he said, we want to give you the listing. I was shocked. Wow. And I said, why would you do that? He said, you were so brutally honest. Like you, I, we couldn't believe how honest you were that he, and I said, well, the truth is, so then my neighbor got mad that I got the listing. I said, don't worry. I carved your name out. If you buy it, you don't have to pay me a penny, but she didn't buy it and we sold it. And there was another example with him paying us our fee. He still made more money. So I really do believe for sale by owners should call every one of you on this call.
0: I I love that because those are expired for for sale by owners. Um, those are tough calls, and you you do deal with some abuse when when you make those phone calls. And but I think that's also a good thing to go through, um, just to get some battle wounds because you realize oh that didn't kill me. Somebody yelled at me, told me to f off or or whatever they may have said. They may just hang up, or I said no agents or whatever. Um, yeah. it, it happens. And and then you realize, oh, I survived that. It's, it's okay. And, um, you know, I, I, I authentically tried to help this person. They weren't interested, not the end of the world. Um, and what most for sale by owners do is they inflate, as you know, I'm not telling this to you, of course, but to our, our listeners, for anyone that is scared. Um, for sale by owners tend to inflate their, their property price without realizing that they don't know they're doing it. They think it's worth X. And by the way, we all do this. I think even uh, realtors can do this. Um, and they uh they are probably not going to sell it because they've inflated the price. So at some point, I think the stats are, and I don't have them in front of me, is that the vast majority of for sale by owners end up hiring someone anyway at some point, and it ends up selling for more if they hire a good agent. So um that that's not really a great pitch, I think. I don't think somebody would be receptive to saying those kind of things on on the bonus. Did you know that if you hire me, you're actually gonna sell it for more? They're not gonna believe you. But this idea of radical honesty, um is oh my gosh, that's I just I just love it. I, I I'm curious uh, if you're willing to share any of the book that you're currently working on because now I'm super interested in in what this book is going to be. Do you mind just giving our audience a little taste of of what's coming?
1: It's it's really just a um, it's no surprise. Just a, it's I I don't even I I sometimes I think why am I doing this because I'm just telling stories from early on my, my life journey, if you will. And what I do hope that a reader gathers after reading it is you start to see I'm very consistent. So what I did when I was 14, 22, 40s, 50s, I, it's, it hasn't changed. Like the, the recipe is pretty consistent. And it doesn't matter where you are in life. It's just caring about the other person and being brave enough to ask the question and also being aware of your weaknesses because we're all not super man or super women. You know, we're just, we're just people and we're, we're flawed and we're not so special and we're not, you know, it's, it's okay. Like just. Accept who you are and, and do the best you can and try to be the best version of you, but care about other people and, and you don't need to bump them and step on them to make yourself feel better and get ahead. And if you actually don't do that, somehow you, you end up in a better spot.
0: Yeah, well, I agree with all of that. I have three final questions for you. Um, think three things I wanted to get to but forgot, and so I just remembered. So, want to cu- get get a get your perspective on these. You are very active in, uh, in in the in the community. You you participate. Uh, you you give back. You volunteer at the local level. Uh, I I don't know if you also do the state or the national level. I, I suspect the, those opportunities come your way as well. Um, how so? I'm gonna. Preface before I get to my question by saying, I avoided uh, really being part of our local association um, and, and giving back in that way uh, for for many many years. I I've, I've been doing um, I've been in 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 this industry since 2011, or, or yeah, somewhere around there. And anyway, um, I I thought to be sort of a bit honest myself. I thought, well, if I do get involved and I serve on some committees, well, you know, I'll be doing good, and that's a good thing. Uh, and I'll be contributing and that's good, but also, you know, maybe more people will know heard, or hear about our firm just by nature of me being part of this, you know, committee. And maybe that would ultimately help me indirectly in recruiting. Not that that was the primary reason. Well, I I've been participating at the local level for about three years now. It really has not helped me in recruiting because, um, but I continue to do it. And now I'm even getting more and more involved for one reason. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, um, which is that I have, I get a lot of fulfillment from participating at the local level, being part of the industry, being, being in community with, with other agents that are trying to make things better. And even if it never results in somebody coming to our firm going, oh, I know you from the association, I should join your firm, which by the way has never happened and probably never will. Um, But I I am so happy to be around other realtors who are all trying to, uh, you know, to do the best they can and, and do the best for other realtors. And I'm curious if you get a tremendous amount of fulfillment in the same way uh, that I just mentioned for for being part of uh, giving back, you know, to the local associations.
1: I do. I, I, um, I you can probably tell I, I'm a storyteller. I love stories. I I I think that when stories are being shared and told, there's value in those stories. So when I'm able to get agents up on stage to do role playing, by the way, some if we could film them, we could have a sitcom because some of them are hilarious. And, and one of my favorite, which I'm gonna share because I don't want anyone on this call doing some of this, it's hilarious. I said to someone, what do you take if you're invited into someone's home there you've never met them before and you made a cold call for an example and they invited you in what do you take with you and here are some of the answers I've gotten one said I take flowers said flowers interesting okay flowers someone else said a bottle of wine okay you take a bottle of wine someone else said candy someone else said a pitch packet so I get them all and then I get them (laughs) to come up on stage. And I said, let's role play this. So you've never met this person. You knock on the door, you ring the bell, they open it and you say, here's some flowers, or here's a bottle of wine. It's like, it, it's, it's awkward. They don't, yeah, it is awkward.
0: Bring, yeah. Why
1: are you bringing them these? Pre- they don't know you, you know, it's, it's just, now, personally, this may be shocking, but I do not give closing gifts. Never. Ha- I it, I feel that's awkward. I do not. I feel like I just sold an apartment, and you know, you can get a good size check, and I'm going to give them a bowl or a keychain. Yeah, it's right. Awkward. <laughs> like yeah. I don't do it. I know a lot of people do, and 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 good luck. And I think it's fantastic. Keep doing it. I'm not suggesting that you don't, but for me, it doesn't feel right. However. They get stuff from me for 10 years in a row. Like we've closed on the apartment and I am known for sending handmade cards and unique gifts, but I I don't go to Tiffany's and buy 200 anything. I think if I sold your house and you're a pianist, in fact, this happened, a woman was a pianist and I found a vintage scarf with piano keys on it. And I bought it and wrote a note and sent it to her. So you have to really, another one's a golfer and I found a bronze little golf statue and it's on his fireplace. So I, I'm thoughtful and stay, once I sell you something, you don't get rid of me. So you will hear from me consistently throughout the years.
0: Um, curious, how do you stay in touch with, with clients in between transactions so that they don't forget about how wonderful you are?
1: Um, I, that, that's probably my, um, it's, it's what I do like like Halloween was just here. So I went through my list and I'm like, all right, let me look who has kids between the age of, you know, two and, and 12. And this year I had custom cookies made and, and mailed them to the kids. And all I write on the card, by the way, is boo. There's no compass, like, call me for, you know, if you... The best
0: compliment is your referrals.
1: (laughs) Yeah, none of that that ever, ever, ever. So um, another year on Halloween, I had custom little um, pumpkins made with the child's name embroidered on it so they could put the candy in it. And then I get photos of their kids with the cookies or the basket and the, you know, it's... um, it it just, I, I, I find small businesses and I like to support small businesses. There's a peanut butter company that has, and I I had custom boxes made and put the peanut butter in there. And I said, the market's nuts, spread the love and a little handwritten note, but never like call me for a free market analysis. By the way, I I think I want to start charging for market analysis. Don't you think that'd be hilarious?
0: Interesting. I like that
1: like everyone's like, here, call me for a free market analysis. I might send a mail around and say for a thousand dollars, I'll tell you what your apartments were. Wouldn't that be funny? I wonder if it's legal.
0: I don't know. It's it's an interesting idea. I know that people don't value free things like they do things they pay for. I mean, that's, uh, but I I have, I, I picked up on something that I'm sure our audience picked up on is you, you said, uh, and, and I, this is such a great, a great small thing that I want to make sure doesn't get overlooked by our audience. You said, I think, you know, our Halloween came, was coming up. So I went through my CRM or my database, and I wanted to find out who has children that are between the ages of two and 12. I wonder what percentage of agents even have that information. And I'll bet you it's under 2% of the, of the realtors out there have that information on their clients. And that is important, critical information to be able to think of a reason to stay in touch, right? If you're just going, well, they sold their home four years ago. Maybe they're in the market. to, buy- Maybe I should reach out and see what their plans are. Okay, fine. Um, but what are you going to do year two, year three, where you're like, they're not moving. Um, you have to have reasons to reach out. And the more opera, the more data you have, the more information you have allows you to think, be fun and creative and go, Oh, it's back to school time. Maybe I'll put some, a little, you know, uh, kids who are entering, you know, grade school. I know that. So maybe I'll be able to, uh, you know, put a little care package or whatever. It could be anything. Yes. Um, no, yes. knowing knowing what holidays people celebrate right if, if if you're going to be doing things for the december holidays there's several of them uh you know and of course in new york city there's so many different cultures melding together you can't just blanket send out a a hanukkah card or a christmas card i mean you 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 need to know these things
1: okay you just struck something so here there are two categories you're absolutely 100% correct if just like you need to really study that that building, like if you're at a cocktail party and they bring up that address, you should say built 1927, 46 units, majority two bedroom, blah, blah, blah. When you have your buyers, I learned this when I took a acting class years ago, the, the teacher asked me a question. They said, um, you know, the, the character, was she a vegan? I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself going through the play, it didn't talk about that. And he said, you need to know everything about that person. You need to know, would they shop at Kmart or would they shop at Bergdorf? Would they ride a bike or would they get, would they get a private car? Would they go hiking? Would they go to the theater? You need to, and that's what I do with my clients. So if I meet a client, I think to myself, I'm, I'm asking questions and learning who they are and what's important to them. I watch if they drink coffee or tea, if they don't, you go out. No, no. They only drink tea. You don't send them coffee. If, if, they have pets, write the pets names down. I one year I had um, custom things done with the painting of their animal on it and, and the name and sent that out. So whatever it is, like you you listen, you know, I had one client that was allergic to nuts. Well, don't send them the peanut butter. Right. right, so you or need- send
0: them a uh, send them an EpiPen if you're going to send them a peanut butter on top of it, exactly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> some medicine. So, anyway, yeah. it, it is important to. Um, even here's another thing my cards, I have different cards. They're like, there's let's say a war, uh, War Hall, you're not that's not, I may not send that to a certain group. I may send a foil stamp, beautiful, elegant, stationary to one and a really artsy to another. They don't get the same thing. My clients do not get the same stuff because they're different people.
0: Because you know enough about them to be able to compartmentalize them into uh, or individualize them, I guess is better the better way to say it, to say, okay, this person's into this and and everybody Everybody wants to feel special. Everyone wants to feel uh, like a, a celebrated individual. And it sounds like that's that's part of part of how you operate your business. Um boy, you've said so much. I just have one final question. I was gonna ask you about 2023, but I actually I, I don't want to do that because um I, I want I have a different question I wanted to ask, which is uh, what mista- what's the biggest mistake you made? in your career, not, not necessarily the the biggest, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you lost a listing or I'm not talking about that, but what, what, what's something that if you could go back to your earlier self as they, as you started in real estate, what's advice that you would have given yourself that maybe you didn't know back then?
1: I allowed my business to drive me instead of me driving my business. And what I mean by that is I got I mentioned to you the volume early on with the FISFOS. and I didn't stop to really plan and pivot earlier on. I could have gotten to a certain point earlier on if I had taken the time to methodically think about where I wanted to be. Instead, I was kind of buried in the weeds in the in the trenches. And I just kept plugging along, plugging along without stopping to um, make adjustments. So, so I so like think, working
0: working in the business versus working on the business kind of scenario.
1: Correct, correct. That's what I'd say. Um, if I had to do over again, uh, I, I would have done. Uh, I I could have I could have done that better.
0: And I think it's a really, it's a wonderful answer for the time of year we're at, because I think this is a time when often uh, sort of activity slows down, transactions slow down, holidays are are, are here. Um, they're taking a lot of our attention and it's a good time to reflect, I think, on sort of where we want to go for 2023 and beyond. Um, but just to sort of, um, I think that's a great point for anyone out there that's immersed in their business, make sure you carve some time out uh, every so often to really reflect on, because uh, you are running your own business.
1: Right. And here, can I give a couple other tips? Please. One, you're running your own business. So one, invest in the business. I find agents don't want to spend money investing in their business. That's crazy. What kind of business doesn't like put money and capital up? Number two, everyone on this call, especially with 2023 coming, save money. Save, save, save your money. Because what happens is when the market gets tough, the agents that were able to prepare and and have a nest egg, have less pressure when those deals fall apart and buyers walk, they don't freak out. You know, so many agents, I always say, like you see them and, and sellers and buyers, they need a grounded person. They don't need someone on the edge that's worried about paying their rent or their mortgage and they can't make, they're so focused on the commission that it, it kills deals and you will lose the trust if, if you're not prepared. And you should never be thinking about the commission check. In fact, I, I tease agents. I, that is probably, you can see it. It's almost like their commission check yeah. is on the forehead and all they care about is money. Stop caring about the money and care about the assignment. Just, you know, I see the end before the beginning. So when I'm working on something, I, I keep my eye on the end result and I'm, I visualize a lot. And the other tip I'll give an agent is decide where you want to go. Visualize what you, where you're going to be and then work backwards how you're going to get there. So, for an example, one day I woke up and said, I want to be a townhouse specialist. Well, I hadn't sold any townhouses, but I walked in the office. I said, We're going to be townhouse specialists. Oh, okay. How are we going to do that? Well, let's just do something different and be creative with it. So, I ended up doing little books that told stories about the townhouse and it caught on. And within a period of time, I was getting some listings in townhouses. And then, but I again dove in and studied and became kind of the specialist in that pocket. So you have to put the time in.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really, really great point. We're talking about sort of proactive thought about where you want to be irrespective of where you are today, right? Because today, well, I'm going back in your history, but today that one day you weren't a townhouse specialist and you said, but I'd like to be. So I you didn't wait for townhouses to come to you 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 figured out a way to actually build that skill set and and that's, it's, it's being proactive and we live in such a reactive, uh, world now where our phones are, are demanding our attention every few seconds with notifications and our clients are demanding it every, every so often with texts and emails. And it's easy to not be as proactive and to be really good at being reactive. And that's good too, but then to be able to step back and say, who do I want to be? Where do I want to be? Uh, how many people do I want to help? Uh, what kind of people do I want to help? Um, and, and then, you know, work, like you were saying, working backwards, yeah. um, boy, I, I could talk, Vicki, I could talk to you all day and, and I wish I could, um, and I know that you are busier than me. So I am going to let you get on with all of your busyness because, and by the way, th- this is how this is, again, speaks. I'll, I'll bookend this with, with another thing about Vicky's character. Um, if you go to her, her compass page, uh, you see a list of accomplishments that are Really, it's about a mile long of of just incredible, incredible feats. She has not mentioned one of those today, because i don't i suspect not that important to her um and also just not who she is and i i just i really respect that i have i have interviewed people on the show who do have some pretty impressive credits as well who love for other people to know about those credits and i'm not suggesting there's anything wrong with that either but i i really love the fact that you have this uh you have a tremendous track record um and that you don't feel the need to to share that which is again probably goes to your success as well um, so anyway, Vicky, on behalf of our audience, we want to thank you for being on our show. You gave so many unbelievable tips and advice. I I was almost thinking during it, I'm like, boy, if I could uh, if I could have Vicky on like once a month giving these tips, that would be amazing. But. Regardless, um, even in this episode, you provided so much value. So uh, on behalf of the audience, we say thank you. And also on behalf of Vicky and myself, we want to thank all the listeners um, and our viewers. This is, uh, you know, we are so grateful that you made it to the end of the show. Um, we're, we're, we're hope that this was helpful. I know that it was. Um, but let Vicky know, uh, you know, what's if Vicky, if anyone out there wants to share their appreciation, uh, what's the best way that another agent might be able to say thanks?
1: Probably. um email me at, at vbaron at compass.com.
0: We'll, we'll put that in the show notes too. So if you want to say hi to Vicki and, and say thanks, and I really encourage people to do that because she she spoke from the heart today. Um, she is an incredible, again, I didn't really read her credits, which are unbelievable. If I were to read them, you you would be paying attention to every single word she says because she is a very, very important person in the New York industry for real estate. Um, so Vicky, thank you. And uh, we will... Oh, one last thing. We ask all of our, our listeners and viewers just to do one thing, which will help us continue to grow because we don't spend money uh, too much on marketing. I have pretty much no marketing money, but the best way you can help, tell, uh, help us rather is by telling a friend. So think of one other realtor that could benefit from hearing this unbelievably candid, uh, and authentic interview with, with Vicky and somebody that just needs to hear a couple tips that might turn their business around or get them to the next level. 2023, it's going to be a difficult time for all of us. So let's, let's share, let's share the good here and send this over to Vicky. The best way you could do that, um, is just go ahead, send them over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Every one of our episodes can be streamed right from the, the website. They don't even have to be a podcast person, or of course they can always subscribe to the podcast, but tell a friend that would really, they would be one good deed of the day. Uh, and it would really make uh, make me happy because then we can reach more people. So thank you uh, in advance for that. Vicki, thanks for being on the show. And we will see everybody on the next episode.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for all the time. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah.